Welcome to Sunday Chats 969, the podcast where you can listen back to interviews that were first broadcast on All FM 96.9. We are an award-winning community radio station based in Manchester. And on today's show, my special guest is the fantastic Mitch Bensel, all the way from the States. He's an author, a poet, a voiceover artist, and now a healer. And I've been talking to Mitch today about his fantastic new collection of five volumes entitled Writings from the Walls of My Soul, which chronicles two decades of Mitch's writing career. guest is um, the marvellous Mitch Bensel. So we're going stateside today. He's the real voice of one of my jingles that many of you um, always ask me about. And so you may remember this. You're listening to All FM 96.9, the real voice of Manchester. I know that lots of you enjoy that jingle. Mitch is actually not only a voiceover artist, though. He's a, an author, a poet, and as well as that, he has become a bit of a, a renowned healer in his hometown. Uh, lots of wonderful testimonials on his YouTube. So we've chatted to him over the weekend about his brand new poetry book entitled Writings from the Walls of My Soul, which is a whole five volumes of the poetry that he's written over the past 20 years. Now, Mitch also used to work in the ER trauma room. We'd call that accident and emergency here. And he's got lots of um, spooky goings on and marvellous storyteller Mitch's. So because um, Mitch has worked so closely with people as they're um, passing over to the other side, I have picked this to introduce him. It's the cutting crew with I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight. Enjoy this.
cuts and crew there well i just died in your arms tonight and you're listening to the sunday tea show right here on 96.9 all fm on your radio all fm.org wherever you are in the world online and today we are going stateside with a fantastic poet and author mitch Bensel. so i'm going to be playing some of mitch's poetry throughout the the show from his new collection which is writings from the wall of my soul and you're also going to hear my special interview with Mitch in in between that as well so I thought I would introduce you to Mitch's work first of all by this poem from volume one entitled Tired volume one Tired dripped and tired my mind continued to ramble do this think that toss the dice roll with the flow I waited to fall into my bed, the one of forget, tomorrow and no regret, my bed. For me to release my tired, allow the ramble that never ends, slip words across my pillows, become the blanket for my soul to rest. Kind of lost inside myself, walked beside myself, no U-turns everywhere, sat for a bit in the rain, or did I cry? Wait, that was a movie. Not I. Hi, Mitch Bensall. Welcome to All FM. Thanks for joining us today. Revolutionary. <laughs> it's wonderful to be on. Oh, it's really good to, to speak to you again. Of course. I'm over here in, in the UK, in, in Manchester, where we are. We've got this slogan for, for All FM, and, and we call it the real voice of Manchester. And although you may not be from Manchester, um, you are the real voice behind one of my most popular jingles <laughs> that, that I often play on, on the station. I get, I'm on my podcast as well, and people say, wow, where, who's done that wonderful um, voiceover for you? So this is, is the voice, and uh, you are, in fact, a, a multi-faceted person, I would say. You're a voiceover artist, you're a poet, a, a multi-genre author, and more recently, um, a healer. And I just think it's amazing because before all that, you worked in the ER trauma room, which over here we do call accident uh, and emergency. And now you've got all your experiences in a wonderful new um, five-volume poetry piece. I don't know many people that bring out five volumes all in, in the one go, so I hope we get to speak about a, a lot of, of the topics that I've just covered there. But first of all, Mitch, what's inspired you to bring out five volumes, one after the other? I poetry, a lot of it um, was just in my computer from back when I worked at ER. A lot of times I had to come back to life to see the beauty of light, so I'd write a poem. It's very traumatic working in an emergency room, level one trauma. And life itself, even if you're just going through your day, sometimes you just need to step, step away and know uh, life is so beautiful. So I was nudged, actually, to get everything from all the years back that I could find and get it out there into books. And after 1,182 pages later, I do well. So the five, the five volumes have poems from over 20, 20 years ago or more up to just this year. Volume five was written in 2022. So that is the newer poems. 
So that it was just a nice to get out all the different emotions other people can relate to, uh, let it be there to be read if needed, or just, you know, be a doorstop. <laughs> well, no, I think it's far more, <laughs> far more than a doorstop. You just sent me this amazing picture of you holding all your books, and of course, that's only these five volumes. You've actually written lots more books but besides that, but I just thought it was um, absolutely fantastic. And this five-volume body of work is called Writings from the Walls of My Soul. And has that got anything to do with the fact that that, that you have really felt the, the intensity of many a soul, not just your own? Oh no, I was just saying the the title of your book, Writings from the Walls of My Soul, is that reflecting yes. Yeah, I mean is that kind of reflecting on the fact that you have felt touched by, by many souls during your work as as well as your own? Yes, it has more in all of the feelings from my soul about me, if I'm hearing you correctly. Yeah. Um, um, it helps because you get to speak out pains and, and happiness and love and emotions and arousing moments and sad moments for other people to also feel. But you get it out of you. So now you're going, okay, now I'm feeling better and someone else can maybe pick up on it. Um, I did get a review just recently. A lady just opened. I'll tell you this, what she said real quick. You have a depth of feeling and depth of feeling in sight. It marks your poetry, makes your poetry really touch the reader's soul. Seldom have I read such, not even in a classic. So if you can touch, as you as a writer also, Ruth, all writers, whether it's poetry, a book, we want our readers to, to feel something. And sometimes it's the same feeling they've had and didn't know anybody else felt it. So we can touch people in our writings, and this poetry is going to touch people in hand. And that's what kind of also I wanted it out there. It's not poetry helps people feel things they may never feel or also feel what they're feeling, and they feel validated in that moment. Wow, that is an actual beautiful review, and it's a fantastic expression as well of why poets do write poetry. I think when you're on the other side of the kind of the poetry writing world, many people may wonder, oh, what's inspiring someone to write so much poetry? And I think you've just encapsulated that wonderfully. You know, you've you've explained how it's not just the, the writing for you; it's also the way that it, it touches other people as well. And to get wonderful reviews like that regularly on your work, not just this, um, is absolutely fantastic. And I was just wondering, Mitch, I mean, it may be a question that I asked you last time, but for people that, that didn't hear last time, I was just wondering, because you've had a very um, varied um, career there, was writing something that you always wanted to do, or has it come about because uh, of the fact that, that you needed that release? started writing when I was a child. I think one poem I wrote my mom for Mother's Day, I just expressed it out very quickly. Her reaction to it just made me feel wonderful. You know, I was able yeah. to write something to get more, more of a reaction than if I'd spoken it to her, I think. So, always, I was the storyteller as a child and get out sunset who could tell the scariest story or this or that. So, words and writing 
my heart and soul long ago, but only began, I think, after my divorce, really, when I began to even write more. So, uh, there's so many poetry you can get away with also. Pardon me if I just jump. There's so many levels in poetry because you have your levels of pain, love, survival, beauty, like I spoke about. So, poetry is actually easier for me to write than writing a novel. Um, You can get into those, but it's
absolutely fantastic how you've kind of really built up your, your body of work and, and what's encouraged you as well. And obviously working in the trauma room, I, I'm just thinking, you know, does being so close to death like that give you a, a recognition for, for the fragility uh, of life? I'm assuming it would. Well, you also, unfortunately, have the results of the loved ones. You know, you get to feel their, I very caring person. I care for just about everybody. And of course. So you have to feel and go through their emotions as if it's your own loss. So you have the death and it causes you, every time you have to bag a body or get them ready, your own mortality, of course, is always looked at. And you turn it into a poem, a summer leaf. Make it something that it's meant to be <clears throat> doesn't hurt as bad. It doesn't to believe their sorrow. Because we in the, in the medical world, believe it or not, we feel that sorrow. And so we need to have a way to let it out. So around the death, the paranormal stuff that happens too that you have to kind of make fun of so you don't get terrified. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, but that's just kind of like um, astounding, some of the experiences that you've actually gone through um, in that environment as well. I'm like, whoa, how, how did he actually work? How did he continue on working <laughs> after he went through it? You get a humor. There was one, excuse me, there was one guy that passed, and we knew it was him. He was kind of tankerous little person. And uh, sometimes in the day when the drink would just get knocked out of your hand, and you're like, really, really? Go, go, go home or something. And we always knew it was that one specific, if you will. He wasn't a bad guy. He was just mischievous. Then there were the other ones that was just turn monitors on and off. Or you would feel their presence. I think when death hits quickly, which probably there's many, many shows on this, but I believe that we who just died sometimes really don't know we're dead. Because I have felt people stand next to me giving me grief because I was counting their valuables and, you know, registering them. And I could feel them saying, what are you doing? That's wow. Up. And I'm like, I'm like, because you're dead. <laughs> so I'm talking. No, correct. But I'm writing this now. And then a, a person came in. I worked with through the doors into the trauma room and said, who are you talking to? I said, she said, who's that? I said, he's mad at me for going through his wallet. And I said, he needs to go to the light. So then he just somehow left. I said, go to your wife, say goodbye, and go to the line. And then it was gone. But that happened on a constant. And it wasn't a scary thing, I think, because we we're so used to so much horrendous stuff. That, um, but it is a real thing. There are true spirits, whatever, they hang around. Sometimes they mess with you. And I don't think you should be afraid of them. Mm-hmm. What, what was the reactions of your colleagues when, when you used to say stuff like that, though? Because I, I'm imagining, you know, I've known you a while now, Mitch, and, and I, I feel that you, you've actually been bestowed with many special spiritual gifts, really, which I don't think that everyone that works in the trauma room necessarily are equipped with. So, so what were the general reactions to, from, from your colleagues? I mean, could, could they sense or, or feel it too? Not all of them. And then again, some of us keep it to ourselves. My old belief, sometimes when they know the spirits and know you know they're there, I think this is, they kind of bug you more. Uh, goes kind of the movie Ghost a little bit, but when she heard him and said she did, he would always pound in her. I just, in a way, some of the people I work with, I mean, just didn't want to ponder on it, if that's mm-hmm. the way to put it. They knew it existed. 
So he didn't want to think about it. So it went on with his day. So other people, there's some people quit. It's not a place for everyone. But the whole hospital itself is a portal. Every floor, uh, it's just a portal. There's so many people that die every day in hospitals. So it's a definite portal of different energies in every hospital. Um, waiting, waiting to collect, <laughs> waiting to collect their, their harvest, you know. And you actually uh, tweeted um, a fantastic um, little tweet the other day, which was um, conversations with, with a fresh dead it was a normal day in, in the ER, yes, the trauma yes. room. I, I, I just love yes. that. I, I'm assuming it's it's something that, that continues to, to stay with you as well, the, the memories of what was going on during that time. Yes. I believe every, you know, there were always some kind of reaction that you felt on there. I always did wish him, you know, first I told him, don't know, I'm on the whole got a lot of hellos, but I would always wish them to, you know, rest easy or go to light. And um, sometimes you talk and you can feel them there. You're just talking about your day. You're complaining as if they're real human. At least I did. Not mm-hmm. might be insane, but I did. But you could feel the presence of being there. You're alone in that trauma room, cleaning it up along with their spirit. Yeah. And then they would just leave. You just feel the leave. Now, once one left with its body, they weren't dead yet. They were right. still kind of on the line. And I could feel them above it. I'm like, this person's over here. It's not even laying in that body. So as they went out to the OR, I felt, I felt it follow its body. So, it, it, you know, there's so many that just came to mind when they asked me that, but I forgot about but always aware anyway, even today, within everyone and beside everyone I see, I can see levels of different things around them, if you will, or yes. even inside them as far as their personalities. It's just that I think my whole life of observing, being a medical person, we're trained to look at every nuance of your movement when you come into the ER because you may not even know you're grabbing your side or you may not even know. So we so it began with that. And then with my gifts, per se, then I'll even look more just to be aware, you know, learn, get discernments on things because of the healing journey I'm on. So it's, it's a lot of the people in the ER that didn't talk about it and others did. But it, it, you know, it's an individual thing just like anything in life. No, no, I, I completely um, understand that, Mitch. But I, I do feel that um, a lot of your experiences, that they have become in, embedded in, in your work. You, you can sense um, your, your respect for um, certain feelings, um, soul presence, um, and even aspects of, of life as well. So going back yeah. to the fact that, that you've now written five volumes of, of work, what was the process like in actually seeing what would actually make the, the volumes? Was it a bit like, like time travel for you going back from when you first became serious about writing and, and then continued on? Yes, it, it took me to those times, of course, because when you sit right down and you see some in your mind, see yourself writing it. But also the, the uh, emotions of that time, what I was going through during that time, how I was a rambling kind of poet. It was, well, some of the poems go on three pages. Uh, oh, wow, three pages for a poet. A little, okay. A little 
rambling. And as I and I know as I got closer to now, each each book got a little more there's more brevity, more concise, more original, better wording, not so much rambling.
Volume 3, Blackjack. The table moved with slaps and claps as hands sweep up money's bet. If I only, I wish I, coulda, then I woulda. No more bets. The eyes of want watched the precision, the movement, the moment, the cards. Glancing at the chips, money replaced with tin-like thingamabobs that you want to grow into huge mountains of tin-like thingamabobs. Focused yet distant. It's okay, as the tin-like is removed. It's okay. Deep inside the words lift. Please let me win the next. Is only a game. It's okay. Walk the way of the game. Try to talk the way of the game. Play with limits and watch it bound. Taking that smile, turning it round, round. If I woulda, then I coulda. Watched my hands lift the gold, taste its hold. Then dropped the tin-like thingamabob one more time down the hole. Blackjack was heard once more, and the ding of the slots how they did roar. Lost in the whir, the wish, the flush of heat, with one more bet, I taste defeat. Standing, I know, it's only a game, but dang it, let me have my moment of fame. Clang that jackpot once my way, throw that blackjack, kiss my ears with four of a kind, oh so sweet yet. Dang it, let the money spill to my feet. Now released, time saves one last tend-like thingamabob. I'll be back, is good for Arnold to say. But for my taste, for my day, blackjack all the way. Also a growth in how to handle pain. If there's a pain in the old poetry or the loss of love or the person that left me or the person that's hurting over there, there was a whole different perspective beginning to grow in poetry, a more of a positive, if you will, instead of such a loss in the early years of poetry, which is also the early years of me, mm-hmm. and learning how to handle that pain. You know, some of the first poetry is my first love loss or first breakup. And, you know, we're pitiful. We're lewd, you know, we're all, so I rambled into pity. And later it becomes more of a lesson in my poetry. It's more of a joy that I even had that moment with them. Instead of being angry, it wasn't there or hurt. It was more of an appreciation. So as the poetry grew, yes, as my years, I saw myself grow in a lot of different levels, spiritually and physically. So it's pretty cool. That was a cool question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's um, it, it's an amazing um, gift to yourself, I think, to have snapshots of, of your writing from various um, pieces of your life. And, and as I was listening um, to some of the audio that you sent, which we're going to play for, for the listeners later on, I, I was thinking there is a, a positivity uh, about this, that there's a deep recognition for some sadness in life, but there is that positivity um, that very much flows through everything that, that you've written as well. And I think that that's a skill in itself, really. Um, and I think that was why I asked you, was it always your intention that you would write for, for others? Because it feels like there is always something that someone else can um, specifically get from, from what you've written. What I I want to help people. I like it. If I happen to read something, when I'm in this place or that place, and I read something, I go, yeah, okay, cool. That's right. Or, yes, it hurts like that, doesn't it? It's just a feeling of you're not alone, and it helps others 
history was behind this veil of art. We poets can say factual, bitter, raw truth of pain, even anger, and yet it's hidden behind that veil of art. But other people also read it and feel it. So just that other people think, hearing other people's words, hearing what they've gone through, hearing how horrible it was, or how strong they made it through, or how they made it through, seeing the positive, and it helps me. So in my poetry, as I got a little new of it, it for later, but, you know, as the volumes came up, um, it mm-hmm. is that yes, it happened, yes, it hurt, but here is it will be okay kind of feeling. And if I get that, and people touches people, it helps them. We need help here. Every person you meet with just a smile, you can help them. So I was hoping, yes, here's a whole bunch of words. Not all of them are going to hit the right people. They're going to look at it like, well, that was okay. And others are going to go, oh, my gosh. My mouth just fell open like this one lady. She just said I was stunned at the beauty and the depth of it. So that is me using my pain and stuff to help others. And that that is such a gift, you know, it actually makes you feel like, you know, whoa, it was actually worth going through that, maybe sometimes if it's helped me to then process it in in such a way that I I can write something that can really touch someone. And, you know, it's called um, writings from the the walls of my soul. Um, But what I like about what you do is, and and especially when, when you record it as well, that there is a feeling that that you are genuinely touching the, the souls of um, other people as well. So you, you know it's, yeah. it's perfectly titled, and you have you have this great review as well, where where someone said that they felt like you, your poems were actually alive, and and I loved that. I yeah. thought that was a perfect kind kind of review because people who are not very into poetry they tend to think you know oh my god this is so boring you know nothing is waking them up about it so to have someone actually um acknowledge that feeling of of liveliness even when you are dealing with um deep topics at times that that's amazing i mean what do you prefer what do you love to um express in your poetry the the most i know that you, you you've done lots of poems that are very romantic you've done some that are kind of reflective and just looking back on things. But what, what's your favorite kind of a poem to write? Truly, that's, that would be a thing. Everyone is a favorite in a way because everyone is in a different level of life. Mm. And everyone is probably going through the same levels that I've been through. So some are written at a level where I'm in this angst or <clears throat> others. I always like to have some kind of hope. See, I made it. Read my words. Feel my pain. But look, I'm okay. That kind of always circular thing. Something where they can have a, a letter to grab a hold of in their soul that will give them another thought process to get a little better or out of the sorrow or into more success. Just even if they can grab one sentence that hits them, that inspires them. So every one of my writings... My hope, I guess, is always no matter what level that person is, we're all so individuals. We all are on so different paths. I can't always just write romantic because there's little people over here that are like, been there, done that, talk about something else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every level reached in these five, lev- five volumes of book. I've got everything. I've got humor and, and romance. A lot of saucy thoughts. I went through my passion 
I should have tied a lot of little heat. Yeah. Sexy porn. So there's a lot of that too.
Travis there with writing to reach you. You're listening to the Sunday Tea Show, the second hour right here on 96.9 All FM on your radio, allfm.org, wherever you are in the world, online. And you're joined by me, Ruth O'Reilly. Delighted to be keeping you company today. My special guest right now is the fantastic author, poet and renowned healer over there in the States, Mitch Bensel. And we're talking to him today about his brand new poetry collection, five volumes of poetry, in fact, from two decades of writing. And that's called Writings from the Walls of My Soul by Mitch Bensel. It's available on Amazon. Mitch can be found at mitchbensel.com. And I am playing you some pieces that he's recorded specially for us. Now, some people actually have reported that listening to Mitch's voice, and it doesn't seem to be coincidental, they seem to experience healing. So, I mean, you know, we can't guarantee anything like that would happen, but I just thought that it would be interesting for our listeners to hear a little bit of, of Mitch because people have reported to be healed of coughs, asthma, lots of different things. You need to check out Mitch Bensel um, on YouTube to find out more about that. But I'm playing some of his poetry here and I'm up to volume four. Enjoy this. Volume four, Flight. Why can I not fly away from the negative of slow and dark of non? Where are my wings? Were they torn when I was born? Did I step on them as I fell out of my mother's womb? Where is the silence in my soul? It is there for but a moment, then flees with words of heat against me and against me, and do I not try? Am I not looking into myself? Am I not trying to do, to live, to survive in this place of no wings, of no touch, of no... You're answering a question... The best poem to write is one that will touch maybe one person, one part of it, three letters, anything that can give them that hope. Because that's what I've gotten out of other people, other people's writings and other people's words. Sometimes just a pat on the shoulder and I'm, I'm here for you. Those are words of expression from the soul. And that's where my poetry is from, the walls of my soul. And it has full of emotions. Now, some people, though, will like this type of poetry because they like the words, the difference, just words they're reading with these cool and this and that and this and the rhythm of the wording. They really don't feel anything. They're kind of taking on a little sidewalk journey. Some people like that. They just like to read, have it laid out perfectly the way the English is taught, and others want to feel it. I'm going to warn everyone, you will feel my poetry, so we don't like feeling it. <laughs> and you especially feel it when, when you read them out so wonderfully um, as you do, which brings me to, to um, uh, another point, Mitch. You know, I, I was listening to your poems and I was wondering, d- does Mitch actually write this poem specifically how he knows that he's going to kind of like perform it and for, and for it to sound? Do, do you actually put a lot of extra work into that aspect? Because you, you do have the, the voiceover um, background as well. Recorded, I have to put. When I record a poem, I I have to bring it to not reading it. I, I don't know if this is a question, but I have to turn it into this is a moment of right there inside that poem. Right there in that moment, I have to bring it as a moment, not just me reading words. Mm. So as I record it, 
as I record them, I'm pulling that pain that I'm reading about, and I'm pulling in love, and it'll come through me. And I walk through that way with each one I read. I'm into the pleasure, the happy, or I'll feel the sadness, and I'll read the words, just hoping to let that ear that is listening catch the rhythm and feel the emotion. Because if you just read the words, I'm not sure this is your question, but yes, I have to, I have to work I have to work to get into reading. I can't just go and then they jump for joy and fell across the pond. I I do truly have to think I truly go back to where that poem was. I read it. I know where I was, I know what I'm saying, and then I begin to feel it and then I speak it as if I was speaking to you right now. And that's brilliant, you know, and that's fantastic advice for, for anyone that's performing poetry as well. You know, don't just do a standard rhythm, actually really get into it and, and make it your, your own. And one of the reasons that I asked you that as well, Mitch, was, um, and I want to thank you as well now that I'm getting to speak to you again, because you actually recorded one, one of my um, little pieces that, that I just wrote there off the cuff, and, and you recorded it, and you kind of, you, you really made it your, your own, but it was still mine but you know you brought that extra kind of ex expression to it and I was just over the moon with that so, so thank you for, for that you made me feel like whoa I'm actually a poet of some kind but but that was <laughs> the expression that you put into it so, so yes you do have a way oh, about that that's a beautiful set of words I enjoyed it and I'm going to do this other one you did I'll send you Yes, I didn't. It was, 
as they went, because the earlier ones, you had all the different levels. The middle ones, you're still going to have it, and you're still having, like, broken hearts and this and that. It's just more uh, more positive, more of an answer within the poem, per se, instead of some of the early ones are more like, you know, I don't know what to do. The, the middle ones had an answer to it. Here's my pain. And then the more recent ones are still there, but more of a knowledge of, I know how things continue and it'll be all right. So. Volume 5, Echo. Your soul, I enjoy the echo of my words across and back to me. When I whisper, it slows with comfy of touch. Your soul that echoes to me. If I walked or danced or just flipped a smile into the air and time worthwhile, your soul would engulf that moment of mine and send to me a wave, one of comfy inside. Release into this me my words they live because of the flow of thee. Now lean a bit and hear my sigh. I wish to feel the echo from your soul. Slowly now, slowly now, forever is your soul's echo with mine. I sit away. That, that you've put into it, sometimes what you're actually doing is you're bringing validation to, to what they were what were thinking but could never really find the, the words to to express. Yes. What I've learned what I've been told, which is, again, like me, from my experiences, but yes, if you're reading a poem or you're reading my stuff, it takes you through, it takes I've never had any problems, or other people have had this one problem, and here I'm writing about it. And it's put in a way, as I've been told, it's put in a way that it touches them, it makes it real to them, and yes, I'm feeling this too, man. Maybe we can talk, because you're feeling something that maybe normally you didn't think anybody else was. Maybe you felt ridiculous about leaving your partner, or maybe you felt silly about this or that, and now you're leaving where... So that I'm very happy now, blah, blah, blah. There's some words that pulled you into that poem, and it almost was about you. So the validation that other people are going through, it's, you know, the old Misery Loves Company. Uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. it's not a really loved company, but it's a validation of, dang it, I feel this way. Thank you for writing that, because I couldn't figure out how to write it. Now I know how to think it, feel it, I feel it, and that's truth you just wrote. And that makes me feel wonderful. Oh wow! Yeah, it's such a gift. It it really is. So I was wondering, Mitch. You know, you've done these um, five volumes. Is each volume um, a, a mixture of of topics from from various parts yes, of your life? I didn't. Yes, I didn't. It was, as they went, because the earlier ones, you had all the different levels. The middle ones, you're still going to have it, because I'm still having, like, broken hearts and this and that. It's just more uh, more positive, more of an answer within the poem, per se, instead of some of the early ones are more like, you know, I don't know what to do. The, the middle ones had an answer to it. Here's my pain. And then the more recent ones are still there, but more of a knowledge of, I know how things continue, and it'll be all right. So 
kind of know. They all have the same. They have a little happy, they have humor, they have love, they have sadness, they have some anger. Not really anger, but a sadness. So each one has its own level of, but presented in a less lengthy form. That's really interesting, yeah. It's, like it, it's writings from, from the walls um, of my soul, and it's how your your soul has actually uh, evolved. You know, I think it's really interesting to yeah. to see how you've you've, you've processed um, emotions at, at various seasons in in your life, as it as it were. And I, I think the way you write poetry is kind of um, prescriptive. You know, this could be given to you as a, a bit of a, a prescription to help you to to go through something. I mean, you know, so some people are popping pills. I love pens yeah. and pads and, and poetry instead of pills, but your poetry is definitely kind of um, pres- prescriptive. Um, and that whole healing aspect, it brings me on to, to another point about your work. Cause we didn't really touch on, on this too much last time. I did want to kind of just d- delve into it um, a, a little bit more because these days you've kind of you've gone full circles. So you've kind of like taken your experiences with uh, ill health and even death and and now you've kind of you, you've gone full circle and you're more into the the actual healing aspects with, with those that, yeah. that are still alive uh, how did yeah. that come about for, for you because i know that you've got a wonderful youtube channel that's got fantastic um i i will say testimonials to, to what you've actually um achieved with with your your healings and some of that's being from people just listening to to your voice hasn't it it's always my whole life um, I've always cared like I said for people in the ER but you know it's just prayer faith and love and compassion and you ask you know please help heal and actually people have been getting healed but God wants it a little louder now so that is what is coming around as far as doing this so here celebration of God's love begins um, healing audio has actually helped many Mm-hmm. Uh, three different healings that are miraculously healed as they listen. And this is a fact. This isn't, it's all truth. And recently, um, how it came about, it just, it's always been there, but now it's more, uh, seen. Was this true last time? More, more seen. It's more seen. And, um, we're reaching really strongly now for some kind of help. This is a rough time right now with our whole world. You know, we're all involved with this things that happen in your world or your side or my side or that side, it's separated. It's a different type of wrong. But right now, there's a lot going on in our whole world. It's just, even if it's a comfort of the feeling of peace, that is what I'm hoping to feel that peace from the higher being of love you believe in because it's all about love and good. So that is what's come around to more of a Visible. Uh, was it a cash register taking something back? And this lady had trouble breathing. And I said, Can I pray for you? And she said, Yes. Well, she was immediately healed of her asthma. I never saw one that instantaneous. Oh, wow. So it's a real, it's real, it's from the good guy, and it's happening. And so through, so it's almost like an extension of my light. It's always wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. I like it that I can read something and someone reached to help me. It helped me so much. So I just want to return that. And it comes from helping people. Now I'm able, sometimes it seems where God just says, okay, 
he heals her. And he took her asthma away since she was born. And she's, to this day, asthma-free. So the healing also with the voice, even if I'm talking about a tree, people, I did an audio book, a mind teacher for Harry Barron. People have said they felt un- just such a peace listening to it. They felt calm listening to it. So I'm, I'm guessing that even through the voice, me wanting people to be okay, there's a calmness coming out. So if it can be perceived and perceived and felt, oh, that's amazing that is rude, especially in today's time. We need calmness so we can relax and just enjoy the moment. I definitely agree with that. You know, I I first got to know you, Mitch, during the kind of lockdown era. I first got to know you as as a writer. I don't know whether you were doing your healing work during that time, or has it just come about more so just after it? There, the audio had been 10 years ago. I did that three years audio. It's been out there on the net for a while. Right. It heals a lot of people back. It healed a lot of people back then, and then I closed the site down. I do these little waves of, and then settle in life and come back out and settle in life. So come back when the world needs you most. I don't know. They need me, but I sure want to help. I truly, from the depth of my, down to my toes, want to hope. I have been through. I have been through. You don't want to know. So much horrendous, horrible. And if I can help people get out of that moment of horrendous, horrible, that's that's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to me that they listen. It's a blessing to me that they read. Because then I know part of them is going to be helped. It is all about helping people. That's what life is about anyway. It's about being kind and helping people. Growing love. Of course. writing, us writers, your writing, your journaling, your poetry, every author out there has the ability so many people with emotions to bring them into that joy at the end. I'm not a, some people like the scary and the bad in me. I don't like bad in me. I'm bad enough. There's too many bad in me here. So when I go into a, a book, I want to have a good but all all writers and all people, one touch or a few words. So the healing, yes, has come around, but it's been around for a long time. It's just getting more. What I think when, when I um, listen to you, Mitch, speaking about writing, is that you bring to the forefront the fact that, um, you know, writing actually has more of a purpose than, than many people realize, doesn't it? You know, some people think, oh, I don't have time to be uh, creative. It's going to be a waste of time if I start writing poetry or, or whatever. But there's lots of um, emotions that are being just kept under a pressure cooker right now. So this work, it is still work, and it's more valuable now than, than ever, isn't it? Yes, yes. Everyone who has even a little inkling to write down, speak, record, we all need your feelings, and it helps others. By writing, it helps you also. It was cathartic for me when I get off the ambulance or when I leave the ER. And even in my ER book, there's an insertion of poetry to show how I had to still balance death and horror with what God has presented to us right now. All the beauty, the trees. I had a hummingbird just past my window. So (sighs) we have to keep hold. And if if you're closed up in the time yourself right now, if you're hurting, start writing things. 
I mean, you know, what if you know journaling is important stuff? Don't you have some kind Definitely. of enormous degree in <laughs> Well, yeah, I got a diploma in, in journal therapy before people started talking uh, about it. And, and I, I did that um, when I was a carer for my mum to help me to kind of cope with, with that, you know, and, and hopefully try and give her an, an alternative uh, route around some of her issues as well, because you, you know how it is, you can only ever get a, a certain amount of time with, with um, a, a medical yeah. professional uh, kind of thing, and, and it's not enough, it doesn't go in, in depth, and she was someone that likes writing letters anyway, so I was like, you know, well, why don't I do this journal therapy course, and, and then you can learn how to process your thoughts in a certain structured way, instead of writing, you know, really long, long letters, so, so she kind of inspired me with the idea that, that I would do that, so, so I did that. And I found that it really helped me. Um, when she passed away, I kept writing and it helped me to process grief um, really well. And like we, we spoke about my, my mum before as well. But, I, you know, it helped me to kind of like feel uh, closer. You know, like sometimes I'd write letters to her as well. So there's lots of different forms of, uh, of journal therapy, but I can completely vouch for it, yeah. Mm-hmm. You said they process your thoughts in a structural way. It's kind of very fascinating because your mind, we're all over the place. We truly don't even know how we're, our thoughts are thoughts. And then when we put them down on the paper, they, they present in a different way. I like that. Process your thoughts in a more structural way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. But, you know, that's that's how I see it. There's, you know, there's this big mess going on in, in your mind at, at times. And it's like, you know, what exactly am I feeling? And then that's what, what I like about the way that you've done these volumes as well. Because what I find through the process of journal therapy, I think you'll have found it from, from what you've written, is it just helps you to remember yeah. how you thought previously and how the thought process has, you know, you're somehow the same person, but somehow a different person. And you can see all yes. that reflected through, through your writing when you've got a lot of it over um, a, a period of time. Notice when you read your own writing, like, I can really just leave it in for a selfish reason. I can go back and read some of my poems, and then I get pleasure out of that memory. I get a really pleasure, pleasure moment. Yeah. Uh, the Christmas poems. So you get, and sometimes, you know, writers, we read uh, we wrote, did I write that? So even as we reread something, it gives me, I can read it and go, yes, and I can learn again what I already knew then, how to get out of that sadness by reading my own stuff. Of course, you get, yeah. Kind of a, you, get, you get a reward. You write it, it leaves you, you write it, you record it, whatever, and then you open it up and read it again and go, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yes, that was such a wonderful time. So you get to bring your own memories. Writing can be a selfish thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's that balance between the selfish, but, you know, then when it can help other people as well. And I wrote a poem or something. I, I'm, I'm like you with the brevity, and that, that's the thing that, that I do now. And I don't know. I think it's kind of like the, the evolution of poems, like you said. Back in the day when you first started and you were rambling, um, the online world wasn't really available to the extent it is now, I'm assuming. It was probably just in between things. So, so, so things were different, but... G- going online and the way we've become more fast-paced with, with everything, that will have changed um, y- your writing as, as well, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So, well, well, yes, the, the Twitter book was just all stuff that I posted on Twitter. I don't know how many characters, but it's not many that you can tweet. So the Twitter poetry book, which is separate from these, was all just poems on Twitter, which helps you with your brevity because you do are limited in a lot of the platforms. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And that was another one of your, your fantastic bo- books where people could just like dive in, um, get a couple of, of words of wisdom and, and, and go off on, on their day again. But you, you actually recorded that as an audio book as well, didn't you? Yes, I did. It is an audio book. I'm going to work on these other ones. Those that do audio, no, it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, especially with me. I make, with the expression I make sure that you put in. You have to go back in there. Because mm-hmm. when I started to write poems, and I thought, oh, well, I, I, I'll just write small ones. And I, I did one. I don't know what the wording was now, but one of the um, main points of it, it was kind of like poems or something. And one of the main points of it was just that um, a poem is kind of like a, a snapshot, but instead of a, it being a visual snapshot, it's kind of like, well, you know what you said about like, a, it's like a, a memory snapshot that kind of mm-hmm. enables you yeah. to, to, to re-feel. And that's the good thing about, about brevity in, in these as well. Yeah, I will also people things. One thing, I might have written about a tree and its leaves, and somebody else thought I was talking about men running or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's never interesting as well. <laughs> yes, I had one poem, and I don't remember which one, but it was about some kind of thing. And there's one lady who, it was back in the past, but she worked in a, some kind of place of, you know, places, X-rated bondage issues. Anyway, she oh, said, yeah. we want this poem on our wall. We want this poem on our wall. I'm like, why? What are you reading? Like, oh. <laughs> I don't okay. know about it. And I said, sure, go for it. But take my name off of it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, there is that, that, there is that other side to you, but, but yeah. You, you no, thought. it was a beautiful poem. I don't know what they did from <laughs> Well, people will get like what I they want to get. <laughs> people will get what they want to get. Like from... <laughs> I needed to remove it from everywhere. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? Um, and what's your name on it? This is the thing, you know, you don't want you, your, your name getting around where you don't want it. That's <laughs> what I said. I told them to take my name off. I'm like, sure, don't. Golly, what? What's in that book? So I, I couldn't see it. So, yeah. Your words. I wrote something hard about something. And I said, fine, I'm glad you got that out of it because whatever it was, it was still a problem. Except for those people. I don't know what they got. I don't know what it is. But that, Mitch, that, that to me looks feels like as if it could be a whole other book that you could write, you know, about the experiences or what people have, have told you has has happened or they've been inspired. Is inspired the right word here? I don't know. But you know what I mean. It, it sounds like a, well, another book. I just that's nice. It's really good. It's really good. I'll step away from that really quickly. But you've yeah, got a last As a writer, mm. as a writer and as a poet, you and I both and all of them out there, we love, or I do, when people can actually feel things. Some people never feel loved. Some people never feel loved. So now as they read some of these poems, they feel it. Sure. Yeah. No, it, that, and that's important. I'm to hurry up and get away. <laughs> no, we we will move swiftly on. But I want to know, you know, very quickly. I need to leave some time to actually play some of your work as well. But I want to know what what's next for you because I know that you know you've done novels about your paranormal experiences. Where I guess you've made was that a conscious choice of yours to make it more digestible by putting it in in a novel, say, but it does kind of contain elements of truth. Is that because you thought the truth would be too much, or I was just wondering about that, Mitch, because I, I know that you've written a few novels. 
You've done a few paranormal novels, haven't you? Yes, I have. I have uh, paranormal thrillers. I've written some other paranormal. Yes, they're pretty graphic. Um, they are kind of very much based on truth and experiences with uh, demon things that I've experienced in life. Um, but I try to make them fiction, so if people want to act like it's fiction, they won't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Those that know will go, oh, yeah, that's Those that know will say, yes, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. I, I don't. Just to try to let people, but you know, you add a little scary in there, but you shouldn't be afraid of any of that dark stuff or negative stuff. You just, you just forgotten in the front. You shouldn't be afraid of that. But it is a real, they are real. They're around us all the time. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid. Don't be, don't be scared of it. Yeah, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, being scared is more. Yeah. Yes, it's a, it feeds them because that's a negative energy. Being afraid is even negative. So you feed that negative. and peaceful so it's opposite so see that that energy if you will and uh, it's not fun to go there anyway so just sit back and take some breaths mm-hmm. but the books as far as the future books I'm not sure I think I may begin writing this journey of healing which is just a story of life Right, yeah, yeah, but but it's uh, it can make you proud to say that you know you've played such a, a big part in uh, healing people, you know. And sometimes it's a case of even healing in preparation for for death. I suppose it can be the difference between yes. a horrific death for for the person and the family, and and one that makes you feel like you know that they left peacefully, kind of thing. And and that's important, isn't it, for those left behind. The recent person that asked for prayer for someone that's dying, and I, you know, and what, what I see, what I pray is first I see the healing room, but then also sometimes I'm shown it's they're going, you know, it's time. But then a peace is spread around all the family and all those that love them. So what happens as part of the prayer is help them handle it, if you will, because it's they're going to go, and they will. She responded and said, yes, I had the whole family had peace. We were so anxious before, mm. and now we felt calm and we were accepting. So that is a huge prayer for people. If you're praying for anybody who's about to lose or lost someone, pray for God to cover them with his peace, because that's a great prayer. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I think the amazing thing is that even if you don't, if people don't believe in prayer in, in any way, it can still oh, yeah. impact them, you know, and that, that's the, the amazing well, thing, you know. Well, it's because it's a positive. I mean, let's put it in the land of where a lot of people believe. It is a positive thought, a positive energy coming out of you, a good wish, a good thought, a good positive wanting them to have peace. That's stuff. It happens. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't believe in this and that, that is still positive, which is love, and love heals. So. Oh, brilliant. You know, that, that's a fantastic way to, to end, Mitch. And it's all about the, the energy and your voice and your words certainly have both. And it's all positive energy. So, so very quickly, Mitch, where do listeners find your, your work? The latest is Writings from the Walls of My Soul, five um, volumes. But where, where do people find you and, and find your work? Well, if you're on Twitter, it's pinned on my page. But it's on Amazon. Amazon has all of it. Also, I think, well, Drastic Israel, I don't think it's on there. It's only on Amazon. Amazon.com, just type in Mitch Pencil, writing from the walls of my 
So it's also on my site, MitchPrinsel.com, and you just go to the books for Right. So okay. You just go to MitchPrinsel.com. You don't have to look at anything else. <laughs> you just go to the books. There's crosses I sell, and then there's books, and then there's the healing stuff. But and the crosses are healing crosses as well that you make actually from, from driftwood, if I remember correctly. The driftwood from the, the Ohio River here. Each is different. Each has amazing energy. I mean, imagine it flying. You don't know how long it's been alive, and then it fell off a tree, and it floated in the waters, and then I found it. So it's just got a good energy to it, and, and time touched, water touched, and now it's put into a tangible, I mean, in a beautiful symbol, a representation of love. It's a cross, with me anyway, is a representation of love. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't, I just sold, I just got an order for 16. That is my biggest. So 16, all in one Well, you know, people and are needing one, healing more than ever now, so I, I'm assuming it will go each, up even. And each one has a, a positive a thought, a prayer, whatever word you want to put in is a positive on each one, and each home has noticed the difference in their home, but it's really their own thought process, and they're, they're feeling and reaching for that peace is why they feel it. So just keep trying to paint positive and love. Your day will be a little better. Or read my books, and I'll bring you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you, you're also, I need to mention as well that you're on YouTube. Is that just Mitch Bensel on YouTube, or is it Mitch Bensel something else? Mitch Bensel on right. YouTube. It's just MitchPetzelYouTube.com. And, and there's more I have to put some more of it. Yeah, just MitchPetzel at YouTube. You'll, if you type that in, I'll come up. I'm all over the internet, so it shouldn't be too difficult. Excellent. Uh, I think it has roots poetry on there, so go listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> <Is> that true? <laughs> But listen to Mitch's first, you know, and then may- maybe you'll you'll come across it as well. It's been wonderful to speak to you ag- um, again, Mitch. Um, look forward to, you know, hearing what you're up to next and when you get that healing tour and, and book on the go as well. And um, oh. Halloween will be coming up soon. I know that you do a lot for, for Halloween a- a- as well. So, so maybe we will uh, speak to you around that time. It's an honor... I'm honored that you asked to speak to me again. Everybody across the pond over there will have the best accent I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thank you so much. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. No, you're amazing. And it, it, it's, um, you know, I'm just so happy that you've taken the, the time, you know, that, that we've got um, people that come on the show from, from over there stateside. I think it's it's fantastic and people love when, when you've um you know done that little jingle or you did a few of them about the real voice of Manchester. Because <laughs> because it's very ironic. I didn't know if you played those. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you played them. <laughs> I, I do and it's very ironic because they're like, you know, there's you and you're a smooth American accent saying the real voice of Manchester. So it's very intriguing and it, it's, a, it's a conversation starter in itself. So I do thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's again an honor and my pleasure. I hear, I feel as if I've known you forever and I, I get to feel all the whole world coming through this moment. So thank you for that. That blessing. It's wonderful. And I always, always smile, feel good. You're amazing. Interviewer, so. and, and and you are um, an, an amazing guest and an amazing writer, 
and you know I am just happy to introduce you to to, to a little bit of of the UK via um, the radio, you know, so that people in the UK get to hear a little bit about what you're doing as well. <laughs> Take care, Wouldn't Mitch. It be one day, wouldn't it be wonderful one day I can sit in your studio with you? That'd be great. Well, yeah, keep keep um, manifesting it and visualizing it, and you never know, it might happen. Okay. <laughs> Take care, and blessing, blessings of peace and wonderful to everybody listening. May you have a wonderful day and night. Oh, thank you, and bless you as well, Mitch. Have a wonderful rest of your day, because there's still more of your, your day than there is um, of Saturday here. Yes, thank you. I will now because of this hour. I will have a better day. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take I'll care. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.